Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Luli here, your old friend and mine. I'm friends with myself. You've got to be. Um, so this is Cuddle Club. Thank you for listening. And this week we've got Pope Lonergan. He's quite a new comedian on the circuit. Uh, well, four years is new in comedy terms. Donkey's years? We don't know. But he is a very interesting guy. He is very open about his <laughs> opiate addiction. I know I'm laughing. That's a nervous laugh. I do a lot of that. got to cut that out, actually. Yeah, he's just a very open, warm interesting person who works in the care industry as well uh so let's uh, uh, shut up and get on with it shut up please and let's hear from the man himself pl pope lonergan one two three hello pope hello hello (laughs) i count myself in (laughs) great counting you nailed it how are you yeah, not too bad. We was uh, yeah, not too bad. I'm feeling I'm I'm good today. I've had a bit of brain fog over the uh, over the last couple of days, but I, I think it's something. I might be diabetic. I think it's something to do with my blood sugar. Like I passed do you think out. So? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I've got to get that checked out. What I do you think. mean? You passed out, did you? It happens every now and again, periodically. You think about Justin Bieber and you come across all funny. I get overwhelmed. <laughs> I get all a flutter and uh, and uh, pass out, yeah. Do you think you are? Um, what's a diabetic advert? It's like always thirsty, tired, needing a loo. Is that, does that sound like Yeah, you? well, I've got Crohn's disease as well, so there's probably a bit of overlap oh, um, uh, between those ones. I think it's probably a bit crony. It's a bit Crohn's-related uh, yeah. in, some, in some regards. God, you've got it all haven't you it's it's this weird thing of like taking pride in your ailments because my mum does it and I remember this is quite dark but uh this is just what what we're like like I remember my mum when she thought she might have and this isn't to uh, uh, be detrimental to something that's very very serious or or undermine it in any way my mum thought she might have have a, a cancer like a form of cancer yeah. but she said it to me it like it obviously was subconscious she, she was like i might have cancer like, but she, 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 you could tell like she thought like oh the next few months are gonna be quite oh, karen focused yeah. so oh, uh, and i think it comes with her being a nurse so she was a nurse for years and i've worked in elderly care for uh, uh for years so we've developed that kind of dark sensibility we've uh, we've become desensitized to it. karen focused is a lovely phrase yeah especially yeah, 
especially in in today's times. Well, she's an she is a Karen, like she's that archetype. But in a way, like it, there's a sort of almost like a, a feminist argument for that type of uh, uh, character. In that, it's this idea of the unruly woman who um, is is pushing back against sort of social politesse and breaking through. Like it's like a breach of like the social contract. But there's a a weird kind of liber- liberatory uh, part of that if you take out and extract the racism, which my my mum hasn't got. She's not. That's she's good. not a racist, Karen. She's just a, a unapologetically bolshy, boisterous Essex mum. Yeah, and um, would like come in and hit the teacher over the head with a slipper if she felt there was some kind of injustice. <laughs> Did she actually do that? Yeah, she came in and her and my nan and like chased the teacher. <laughs> because she was uh, the teacher was bullying a boy who had severe learning difficulties and so she's using her powers for good karen oh yeah yeah oh that's lovely so so he had severe learning difficulties and she thought i know what's going to stop this uh behavior i'll slip it to the head yeah and i'll get and i'll get my mum to chase around as well (laughs) yeah go on take us back then History, the past, memories. When stuff was cheaper, then Woolworths. Coffee wasn't a good. <laughs> Instant coffee. Is it the war? It's not the war, is it? What was the first cuddle you remember, though? If you think about um, it, the first cuddle I remember. Um, it was. I'm a, a, not a very tactile person at all, so it was probably a very awkward, reluctant cuddle. And it was actually probably from my nanny Vera, the old slipper whacker. Mm. Like she, um, <laughs> she, 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 uh, she, my, but she, she was very gregarious, uh, histrionic. Like I always say, my mum is like a pantomime dame. Like, but that's yeah. her natural self. It's not. It's not an affectation. It's not put on. That is what she's like. And my nan, my nanny Vera was her mum was like that as well. Yeah. And she'd always like kind of dance with the homeless in the high street, and oh. she she was uh, yeah. But wow. then there's a weird another side to that. She tried killing herself a bit, like she about fifty times. So uh, did she? Why? She, yeah, tr- like she tried to like chain suicide. <laughs> she she what? just what she do just, you mean? She tried killing herself quite a lot, like every now and again mm. when my mum was young. But I when I was um, uh, born, she was a born again Christian. So uh, did that it, help? Uh, that helped her, but my mum didn't like it. Uh, she was very, pro- she would sort of proselytise and would be very uh, preachy, mm. or my mum felt she was very preachy. Uh, mm. So, yeah, like alienated my mum, put my mum off religion for life. But People's families are fascinating, actually. Um, and that is very much what Colour Club is under the guise of. Uh, but... Look, the killing herself, like what what did anyone know what like just underlying depression or what did what's her relationship with her dad like her husband was she married or she could have Yeah, yeah. My granddad so my granddad Egg, um because his name was Ed, so we changed it to Egg because we're imaginative. Yeah, (laughs) you you gotta have some fun along the way. Exactly, yeah. Nan's popping herself off all the time. You gotta gotta change Ed to Egg. That'll make it better. Uh, she um yeah, I don't know. I, 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 he was a very quiet man. Like I, I loved, I loved him, but I didn't know him at yeah, all. He just yeah. wasn't a hands-on granddad. Um, they, I mean, they, they seemed quite happy. I feel I, I've got a feeling he was very withdrawn and uh, 
probably wasn't that much of an affectionate man. So maybe that put a bit of strain it's on their marriage. Just so weird though how someone you know can outwardly be so like dancing with the homeless, you know, loud but having fun, gregarious, and then you know be trying to top herself off all the time. Yeah, not, not, well, not nice for your mum either. No, no. Oh, it, it, it had my mum had uh, my mum would say like she she did have. A, a lovely uh, childhood in a lot of ways, but I think there was a few really dark uh, stretches, and so uh, yeah, so. <laughs> lovely, lovely childhood <laughs> minus the suicide attempts, <laughs> minus Nanny Vera with a popping a bag on her head. But uh, oh, it was idyllic. It was ice cream. It was Sunday walks. It was uh, Vera, <laughs> Vera with a gun tree. to the mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah, but uh, we've got it in the family. That that runs addic- that addictive tendency runs in the family as well. There's some kind of bi- biological determinism. Yeah, uh, that at, at play there. But so. you shouldn't tell. I mean, I do think trauma is inherited. Uh, you know, and I think, but you can clear it. So don't. Um, and people will hate. Some people will hate that. But um, what I mean is, it's important the stories we tell ourselves uh, as well. So to be aware of it is one thing, but you. But then I think it's also dangerous to be like, oh, my whole family's fucked, I must be fucked, and then look for that hole in you. And yeah. then, you know, because even if you don't believe in, like I believe in her inherited trauma and you pick stuff up in the womb and stuff and that's been proven, but then it's equally important to sort of think, well, I can try and change this because you can actually change things like yeah. that. Yeah, I believe that. Like, I, yeah, totally as well. And, and sort of going back to what you said about telling stories about yourself, like I'm really... Well, we said that off air. It's important to just put that in. We were talking off air, weren't we? Off oh, air. yeah, we're, yeah. Like, it's not right, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, but go, go on, yeah, yeah. I am, um, uh, like the story, like, so I, there, there's um, an instinct that obviously a lot of comedians have, especially comedians in our sort of vein where we, t- you know, it's confessional, we talk about our life, etc., uh, where they have a self fabulizing instinct yes. or, or auto fictionalizing instinct yeah. and i think that can create a distance between the your life and the act and then what you're migrating onto the stage and yeah. that is sort of a defense thing so something where i've had a lot of people who've watched me live and they've written to me and they've been very concerned. They've been lovely. and, and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, They weren't laughing per se, but the word concerned came up. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, but it was, the, it, I, I kind of understand why that I, I do a bit about uh, when I tried to kill myself, tried to pop a bag on my head, talked about a suicide attempt. And then, they expecting that this happened years ago and I've moved beyond it. It happened just before Christmas. Mm. And then two weeks later, that was on stage. That became a funny bit about me popping my bag on the head. And uh, and uh, and then uh, people, when they realise how recent it was, are like, you've not, I don't think you've processed this. I think you've... Uh, You've turned it into a bit, but that's that. That's part of the, the set. It's like when I, I said I think it was more like a dress rehearsal or, or ideation no. model because I put a actually I you know I put like a cardboard collar on my neck. So I didn't want there to be any ligature marks. I didn't want anyone to know what had transpired. And my mum said so. That's why I think I don't think I actually had the intention of following through with it. And my mum said, "Oh, you stupid boy! Like that wouldn't have worked. We would have." known what had happened in like the post-mortem anyway i said mum if 
if the successful the suicide attempt had been successful, I think the big old bag on my head would have been the biggest giveaway of uh, what of what of what had transpired here. But um, yeah, I, I I panicked. I ripped the bag off. It was yeah, not not Good. for me. And don't ever yeah. The no Don't. life is worthless or wasted. No, uh, and it, uh, you can build on anything. It's like there's light to be had. Just grow, grow, grow on that path. It's like there's not, there's nothing that we can't come back from. You know. Absolutely, yeah. I know. I think that's so important. That lesson of knowing uh, that it's very the, the the feeling you're feeling is very uh, it will pass. Like mm-hmm. this moment, you allow yourself to move beyond it organically. Um, you're never trapped in that mood mm-hmm. you you can always uh, move bit play my dad always tells me that I have a glass of water and a run around the garden and oh. it helps <laughs> it temporarily it's a bit of uplift <laughs> it's very very oh. temporary it's not a long-term solution but uh i mean it could be but you'll spend all day you full of water running running about now what are arms for if not for snuggling Question two is, were you cuddled as a child? And the <laughs> subtext is, what's gone wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I think I was. I had a very, I, I really had, I was a very uh, withdrawn sort of, I, I was very imaginative. I was a real homebody. I loved being uh, cloistered in familiarity. So in like my, my, my garden or my house or with my mum. And that's why I've got a friend called, uh, Louis, uh, Frinkle Jack, and Frinkle Michael, and I've known them since I was born. Like literally yeah. since I was born, still yeah. closest friends now. Me and Louis were have a sort of relationship where we're inextricably inextricably bound to each other, Aww. but we both know if we severed that tie early on, our lives would probably be better. <laughs> like oh we we love gosh. each other. We love we love each other dearly and we're like the we we've grown as human beings together. We've sort of part of each other's DNA in a way. But um but yeah, we we probably uh why? You know, and we were just we 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 just would bring out the work like we didn't we didn't try at school we we fucked yeah. about i would do things like put you remember them ice whites that you put on your tongue and they like dissolve i put one of them on my eyeball and oh, had like no. a panic attack i was like one of those kids <laughs> and and he would and louis was uh would oh, always uh, encourage it so yeah right okay not ideal but then where would you be without oh you? i'm glad i'm so glad i've got and his family like his, his mum was a single mum lived like truly on the breadline like absolutely piss poor um but like that his family's like my second family but where does all this because you've had quite a big addiction problem as well haven't you the bad stuff for me it wasn't even though i've i've smoked heroin before i never it was it was it was prescription medication like oxycodone morphine uh fentanyl uh dihydrocodone like all the the, yeah the stuff that came in tablet or liquid form um and i think a part of that was when you're getting medical grade stuff is you know mm. exactly what you're getting. This, yeah. this is like regulated controlled substances. So I think there was an element of, and also it was like being in shooting galleries where like people are injected. Like I, 
I I have too much pride to ask for like a tutorial. So like when I but I didn't want to have to go like so what are we doing with the cotton ball there and the I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I had to just yeah. go yeah I've, I've done it loads of times mate but it's just I don't feel up to it today. I've, I'm yeah. a bit gassy. I'm a bit gassy today. So I'm not up to shooting drugs, but um, but yeah, sorry, it was all uh, prescription stuff. Yeah. But where did it like so as a kid? Did you 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 liked your familiarity and stuff? But did your family facilitate that? Did you were, were was it like an affectionate family? Did you know you were loved and stuff? Oh yeah, it, that's probably part. I've said this to my mum, and it's not to. I, I think I genuinely have a, 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 a genetic predisposition for it. Right, I think it yeah. runs in the family. The addiction, yeah. But, um, and it's not to put any. My mum was a, a wonderful, and is still tis me wonderful, supportive mum. But I probably was coddled. Like my brother's a lot more independent. He was a, yeah. he was the kind of boy who was like very sporty. He'd climb up pylons to get his football, and he was just kind of a bit, bit of a, a dervish when he was young. And he was given. He was always told off a lot more. He was given uh, like uh. short, short shrift. Is that yeah. right? Short Were you the youngest? I was the youngest. Yeah, oh. he was the oldest. You were I a was spoiled little mummy's boy, wasn't you? I was. I was. I was. <laughs> I was. Um, yeah. I, I was. I don't. I don't think I, I. I don't know if I was spoiled. I was. I was definitely a. Yeah, I was definitely a mummy's boy. Yeah. But that, I mean, you know, we get in a way like what like I think sometimes parents do the parenting depending on what that kid needs. So sort of chicken and egg, really. You know, mm. one facilitates the other, but also I guess. Beyond a certain point, we can't blame anyone. Like you say, we can't blame anyone else for our uh, what we choose to do then when we're an adult. We just have to, like, evaluate the patterns and try and change that within us. But, yeah, it's like, I mean, I'm still blaming my dads for my relationship patterns, but I'm like, wow. Well, yours is a kind of a special case. Your dad's had a very uh, but storied... I still... You know, but I still have to, like, be like, oh, no, I am a grown woman and what I choose... You know, I have yeah. to, like, have... Uh, it's my choice and no one else's kind of thing. So you're responsible then to erase the pattern and, and change it. But, but yeah, it's interesting to see where it's come from. But so you got loads of cuddles, I imagine then. It's close to mother's bosom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My mum's very affectionate, but I wasn't, I wasn't a very tactile kid. Oh, so I'm, okay. maybe I was actually, I think maybe I was as a kid, maybe as I got older, I, I sort of hit, my teenagers, my senior school years, and that's when I became a real problem. Like that's right, when yeah. I became uh, uh, just really like naughty, but not nasty. Like just naughty, like I'd fuck about and be disruptive and stuff. Um, but I wasn't a like me and Louis were like we were we were our own group yeah. to such an extent that the PE teachers gave made up a group five. That just contained me and Louis. No. They said that they said that they said each time they said each each time uh, like Louis like <laughs> we try and tell Louis and Pope to do something like they chuck brick at me. So, <laughs> so we would just like we would just always try and undermine authority oh, and no. and do stupid things. And uh, like I would sometimes I had a pathological need to amuse. So sometimes I'd purposely diarrhea myself just wow. to get a cheap laugh. Just to wow. get a cheap laugh. Yeah. Wow, at least you're in the right business now. I know, I know. I don't know Jesus. if I am because this this was a weird there is a, a who is it? The Michaela Cole who done uh, I oh, May yeah. Destroy You. How she so said good. there's there's such a big divide between those who are feel free to discuss 
biological degradation and the call uh, uh, our kind of baseline uh, uh, self in like you know defecation you know, urine and stuff like that and nose who are really pearl clutching and 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 and, and, re- and reluctant and to talk about that stuff mm. and she said there is a big divide and I find that in comedy audiences is there's some who really go down that poo lane and uh, there's some who hate it it depends how it's done it's like um you know, sort of introducing something into a relationship, you don't just go on date one and be like, yeah, do you like, you know. <laughs> I like, do, though. This do you is like the women? Problem. Well, this is the thing you need to, like, read the room and build up because otherwise it kills all, you know, it's like uh, on stage is the same thing. It's like gently taking people on a journey rather than just going, oh, yeah. You, yeah. You, you, that's life, isn't it? It's like nothing, you just read the room. Nothing's Nothing's off limits if you discuss it in the right way i suppose it's, yeah oh yeah it's about like knowing you know i'm, I'm four years in now so I've, I've definitely uh I, i've learned that stagecraft about it's, it's about cultivating a relationship and building trust and once you've built the trust then you can toy with trust and challenge it but Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oh, well, now she's asking. So in relationships, are you affectionate? Are you, yeah, are you physically affectionate in relationships? No, I don't think I am. I don't, I'm not, I, I, I think I'll be very... I'll be very emotionally in, engaged. Like I, I really believe in like relational interdependence. Like I'm not this kind of Iron Randian uh, objectivist who believes that it's uh, about self-satisfaction or this idea of ethical egoism if such a thing exists. I really believe in being enmeshed in people's lives if they want you to be enmeshed in their lives and helping one another and care ethics and all that kind of stuff so I, I really believe that but I just not I'm kind of I've, I've, I've 
and my therapist recently said I had body like body dysmorphia. So for years, I had terrible cystic acne. So to the point where I had to bandage my torso up because oh, wow. I had this really cystic acne all over my chest and my back. Uh, I'm really lucky that I've only got a little tiny bit of scarring. Like I've 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 been really lucky with that, but that's left that's like cast a shadow over uh, my the, the freedom I have with my body. Well, and girls use... don't care about that. Like you know, you take the person. I, well, I can't speak for all women, but you know, you wouldn't care if a girl had a few stretch marks. Do you know what I mean? No, it's no, like you no, take no. you take the person and you take and like. Well, the sexist thing is confidence, but anyway, we're too in our heads about everything. No one has got a perfect body, and I wouldn't want someone with a perfect body because you'd be like, "Oh no, there's so much pressure." Uh, for for a lot of reasons, they would just have they would have a different value system to me, and it's not saying they're wrong. It, it's kind of like what my my brother will uh, pass. He'll scrutinise appearance. He uh, applies worth to yeah. someone's aesthetics rather yeah, yeah, than yeah. Um, who, who they are as that's a person. Such, that's the way, that's the perfect way of putting it. It's the value system. If body comes top of your value system, what the hell, you know, where's kindness and all the other mm. stuff and actually just being, just living and, yeah. yeah. Although, and that, you know, at the same time I've got a banging body but it's just a heavy accident. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so have I. I mean, you know, I, that's, why I'm so, that's why I'm saying this stuff because, uh, no, I, I, I had a I had a banging body for a little... Not, you know, actually, I think it probably was. I had, like, back in 2017 when I got clean off drugs and I, I was, was genuinely, like, really toned. And like, I, I think was, I've I, seen pictures online. You, you know, you post pictures when you were like, how old were you? That I mean, so two thousand twenty eight. So I'm thirty one now. So yeah, that was probably about twenty. Yeah, about twenty eight maybe. Insane. And, uh, and but that's that's the thing is like even when you're in that moment, you're not appreciating it. I don't remember it like like making me any more. Yeah, maybe a little bit more confident. Like I, from one extreme to the other. So I used to like wear, like really like mental. I used to wear like long johns under my jeans in summer, like the heart Why? of summer, and wear a fleece and wear like so I was boiling. Why? It was just it was just an insanity. It was Why? just. It, but I don't know. I don't know. It was just totally irrational. Like I had to. I felt everything had to be tucked in. So I'd I'd pull my socks up and wear sock garters to keep the socks what? in place up my leg, and then wear long johns. That I was I was truly like mad. But but, but so uh, talk me through the sort of the feeling of that or why that. Well, I remember David Lynch saying something about why he used to he wears stuff like the and Francis Bacon, but I think his had a more fetishistic component in that. He used to wear like tight collars, like buttoned up, so he liked the constriction. But I think Francis Bacon liked it was a sexual thing for him. Mm. Whereas with David Lynch, he said it was more like a feeling of control, like you yeah. to keep everything in place. Like yeah. I don't want, I don't want to give anything over to the elements. Like I don't want. That's why wind sends me mad because you've really? got no control over the wind i want to be able to control wind is that so much to ask <laughs> i think that's at the heart of a lot of things like you know is the control thing and that but if you just accept mm. what is that yeah. is freedom so not having to control i think when you're trying to control the world that's what sends you mad because you're yeah. never going to and the opposite of that is accepting what's is and doing your part like of course like you can still have hope and, you know, try and navigate 
things towards the outcome that you want but it's like accepting things on the way I suppose that's the thing I always struggle with because when people say like you it's you just accept things that are out of your control but there and this is by the way I'm saying this stuff so I'm perfectly aware of how toxic this mindset is and this behavior is but there's part of me that thinks like for instance like um say I didn't get the book deal or something like yeah that. yeah I actually did well with that and that I'd I'd I'd, I'd convinced myself so much that I wasn't getting it that I was kind of really at peace with that decision before it was even made. I was like, yeah. it, that is going to be the outcome. Um, it's going to be fine. But then there's part of me that would think, like whenever I go on stage, I have a thought process and it's always like, I will show you how to love me. And it's really toxic and horrible. Whoa. But there's there's part of me that thinks like, I like I... You know, I'm, I'm a communicator. That's what we are. We're good communicators as comedians. I will be able to persuade them to give me a bloody book deal. I will yeah. control the wind. Like that, that yeah, is yeah, yeah, of, yeah. There's part of me, but obviously you overcome that. Like I'm not a fucking chest forward egomaniac who assumes he can just get what he wants all the time. Like I, that's in my head, but I, you know, as a president, I know do, it's wrong. Do you know what um, uh, actually Pasco told me this? She learned from a yoga thing. Uh, nothing to prove, everything to share. They said that mm. in a yoga thing. And our first gig back, we hadn't gigged for ages. I was like, oh, I'm scared. And she said, so am I. And then she said, just remember, nothing to prove, everything to share. And it makes it more collaborative. And it's That's like, so we're all wonderful. in this together. Yeah, it's not like winning over someone. It's not like us and them and stuff. And I think, yeah, that's really nice. But um, I've, I've got, because I've been reading loads, like for the book, I've been reading so much about care ethics. And I'm absolutely... Hang on, what's the book about, by the way? Oh, it's, so it's going to be, uh, it's a memoir. Uh, it's about, uh, the main focus is uh, me doing elderly care. So having done elderly care for nine years, but then it will be about, uh, like, the, you know, bringing that to stand up comedy, doing the care home tour, addiction to prescription opioids, but the kind of main uh, thrust of the book will be about elderly care. And so I've been, I've been um, reading loads about care ethics, including this book called the care manifesto, which is brilliant. Mm. And it is, it is, it is, is showing how we've got a care deficit and how that, and, and it's born out of neoliberalism. It's like the neoliberal people who are born out of a neoliberal system are believing uh, self-fulfillment and uh, mm. self-reliance and they're entrepreneurial and they believe that they can su- succeed without having other people to elevate them and how that you know that's wrong we've got to believe in relational interdependence rather than independence yeah. and yeah. they're saying this is the, the problem with the way that well-being the well-being culture has gone mm. it's gone away from being a collaborative thing yeah um, and, uh, you know, a kind of nexus of support yeah. into being like, this is what I can achieve, yeah. this yeah. is what I can do. And, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's become really um, toxic in yeah. some ways, some of it, not all of it. But Oh, wow, that is very interesting. Well, I look forward to reading that. Um, you've yeah. got a very interesting life, actually, so I'm glad you're going to pop it into a book. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've, yeah, it's, I've, I've got this the same editor as uh, has worked with David Attenborough 
And I've, mm. I've got a feeling my editor might have worked with David Atterborough on his book. But in my book, there's a bit about when my brother punched me in the face wearing my hat in dominoes. And uh, I, d- I don't think David Attenborough's got that in his book. So, no, uh, yeah, it's uh, two sides of the same coin in a way. <laughs> Very different stories. <laughs> oh, yeah, do tell us this one. Who would you most like to cuddle? No one's going to say me. All right, who would you most like to cuddle? Uh, Kathy Burke. I'd love to. I'd love oh, to cuddle yes. Kathy Burke. I can see you cuddling Kathy Burke. Yeah, I'd really love oh, to cuddle. My her. God, I bet she's going to love your book as well. And then oh, I hope so. We just need to like change this capitalist society. And I did think that that the corona might do that, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Horrific decisions are made, you know, involving people's health, uh, time and time again. Like, uh, you know because of capitalism so it's sort of naive to think that things like that don't don't happen anyway yeah yeah exactly i i really think it's it's, it's been a massive flaw in our system of of organizing uh, society and organizing the world like and people think of it as if it's infallible or, or as if it's a permanence that it, it, it can't be anything uh beyond this so it's like yeah. the end of history argument but this is where it's a matter of like taking it out of the hands of private enterprise, which a lot yeah. of social care uh, is. It's, 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 it's private companies, and we admit like a, a self-paying um, residents or uh, NHS um, uh, residents. But it's all from private companies. Uh, mm. pr- private companies who are worried about profit. Oh, so people are making money. At oh, the yeah, top. yeah, that's oh, all right, it is. Right, it's right, it's, right, it's right, all right. private. I'll give you one example just as it's in the public domain. So there's a Guardian article. So a company I work for called Runwood Homes, when I worked for them, we were given directives saying that we weren't allowed to provide peanut butter anymore because not enough people used it. But the, the people who did use it really looked forward to it. They loved no. having it, made the day a bit bright. They, they deprived them of that. So I tried to initiate a sort of minor coup d'etat uh, yeah. with people with dementia and, uh, like, get them to sort of uh, uh, give feedback on how they're annoyed with, with this deprivation. And then at the same time, they were saying about turning electricity off and turning heaters off and doing all this, doing that and the other. And then I looked in 2017, that same company, when they were pleading poverty, the directors the highest paid director uh, uh, gave himself a 2.2 million pound bonus oh wow yeah 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 but the problem is it's like they, they've eroded like the the with the people that work in there their morale they they the 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 uh the relational interdependence and teamwork and community is eroded by a sort of low morale critical yeah. staff shortages and then unscrupulous profiteering where they're refusing to hire uh, agency staff to fill the holes in the uh, the, the, the workers um, because there's loads of people going off sick due to burnout, etc. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they won't pay for the agency staff because they're more expensive. So yeah. then uh, they just expect illegally, I should say, expect staff to uh, pick up the slack. Horrific. Uh, yeah. Now, when do you most need a cuddle? <laughs> Oh, uh, after hearing something like this, I imagine. Yeah, probably when I'm feeling a bit manic. When I'm manic, like I, just just to say the other person, I can use them as like an anchor, if yeah. it, like an actual physical anchor to stop yeah. me from like running to Southport 
or something. Yeah. Are you allowed to cuddle the old people uh, in? Is there a nicer word for old people? Uh, I call I tend to call them elders. elders there's like yeah. a, there's oh, like a tribal so... thing, isn't there? Like elders. That is perfect. I've been looking for a word for ages. Yeah. Um, so elders, that's lovely. Uh, are you allowed to hug the elders? I bet they well, would benefit. Yeah, it's person centered care. So if there's someone who's uh, who who enjoy who likes that intimacy and likes you to be, uh, um, uh, you know. Uh, like give them a cuddle or hold a hand that then you do it but you know there's some who like their space and you know yeah. you, you 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 give them their space so yeah cuddle club cuddle club cuddle club i think that's enough we're getting to the end of the podcast and now if it was in real life we would hug each other and score it uh but we're online so obviously you have to do it online now you sort of believe in energy and spiritual stuff don't you yeah yeah definitely i'm an etherealist rather than Mm. a materialist so yeah oh i like that you've got a lot of uh little catchy catchy sayings okay so you close your eyes and i'm gonna even though you don't really like hugs yeah um you close your eyes and i'm gonna come in anyway with your consent and i'm and i'm hugging you that was a nice, that was genuinely nice. And I don't usually like cuddles, but I enjoyed that one. And that now one. you come in and cuddle me. Little pat on the back. You're right, mate. Yeah. You like that one? Yeah. Okay. I did. I... That was a bonding experience. There we yeah, go. Yeah, it was lovely, actually. I feel stronger for it. I don't think I'm going to mark them because I don't like the element where I mark them anymore. Yeah, because competitive hugging is not nice. You get a, a lucky dong bag as well with um, my ah. picture on it. I'm so happy we had you on. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. So that was Pope Lonergan. What an interesting chat. If you want to listen to his podcast, I would recommend. Pope Lonergan is plimming and lomping. He's also bringing out a book, but that won't be for ages. He's on Twitter at The Daily Bumbler. Uh, Do follow his stuff. A very interesting guy and get his book when it comes out. Do feel free to rate, review, subscribe. Follow Cuddle Club online. It is at Cuddle Club Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And remember to shine. And by that, I mean CC everybody in. If CC stands for... I'm not going to say it this time okay stands for you know what it stands for okay love you bye hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.